Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the CrazeCast, the podcast run by the fans for the fans that brings you close to the action. My name is Roxy and today I'm joined by my fellow host, Jay and Amber. Hi! Hi everybody! We missed you guys. Uh, we took a break last week uh, because, you know, personal things uh, happened and it's been a while since we have, you know, chilled out for a little bit. So, but we're back uh, to our regular scheduled content. 2020 so to- was not being nice, guys, and we get... Still not being nice. 2020 needs to be over. It's like, time has gone by so fast, but at the same time, it's been 15 years. So, like, I don't, I don't know what time is anymore. I demand a refund on 2020. I refuse to turn 25 this year. Whatever on the age. <laughs> Meanwhile, me and Roxy, like, we're, 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 we're the older of the two here. But can you believe we're almost in September? Yes no. and no. I'm like, it's September already. <laughs> Thank God. It's closer to the end. That's all that matters. Yes. All right. So to keep up with all of our content, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Craze Magazine and YouTube The Craze for uh, exclusive content as it comes up. So also, uh, before we begin today, uh, I'd like to give a big shout out to our patrons that helped make this episode possible. Big thanks to Danielle, Stuart, Mian, and Brienne for their support. And if you're interested in uh, joining our Patreon, uh, please go to patreon.com slash magazine to check out all the great perks that we have for all of our members. We have quite a few tiers that you can sign up for. They're pretty great. And as well as that, uh, pre-orders for our newest mini-zine have gone live. Uh, so we've been teasing for a couple months now that we had um, a new print issue in the works. Uh, this mini-zine is focused on Monster X from their beginning to uh, their current stance. And it has a lot of really awesome in-depth content for the group. And if you are a Mon Bebe, it is definitely a necessity uh, for your Monster X collection. But if you go to our store, you will see that we have um, a pre-order page up. Be sure, you know, to keep on top uh, of our social media um, to find out when, you know, everything goes live and when shipping will happen. If you are an international mom baby, we highly recommend coordinating with the group order manager so you don't have to pay obnoxious shipping. Yes, if you know any group order managers, uh, definitely send them our way. We are coordinating those uh, to help you guys. Okay, so jumping right into our topic of discussion today, uh, we're going to look at one of Amber's uh, old fan advice articles uh, that is about things I wish I knew before I became a K-pop fan. So I wrote this article as I was seeing more and more people joining um, the K-pop realm. As we all know, BTS has been one of the groups that are helped bridging the gap between non-K-pop fans and K-pop fans. And so I was thinking about the things that I wish I would have known before taking a deep dive into the K-pop ecosphere. And going back over this article, I think it's been eight months, nine months since I wrote it, just like reflecting on those. And I'm sure there's only four in this article, but I can probably list like 10 or 11 more things. Um, as this year has progressed that I wish I would have known before taking the plunge. So the big one that resonated with me is the the point, it's the second point in the article that I made, is that fans will exhaust you. Like K-pop fans will get on your last nerve as well as yourself being a K-pop fan. Some, the energy that they put into it will 
like suck the life force out of you at times and that's okay because not everyone has the ability or the emotional capacity to put that much effort into a hobby. These days, it frustrates me because there's such a, among the fandoms, that, that there's such an emphasis on having to do so much within the fandom communities for your favorite idol group that people forget that K-pop is just supposed to be a hobby. It's a full-time job. We're not supposed to be doing the company's jobs for them. You know, uh, I have an interesting story related to this, so I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but, like, it's related to the way that K-pop fans are these days, especially the younger ones. Um, I am in a group order for some fansite goods, um, and there's been some issues with the manager, which happens very often. For anybody that's never been in a group order, you need to be careful uh, when you join one and make sure you know about the manager because uh, you can lose money pretty easily. But anyway, so it turns out that this manager is actually underage, was not very open about that. So we're talking about like a 15-year-old trying to run something that is very difficult to do. So it's kind of destined to fail, not to like, sorry, sorry, younger people, but like you guys still have a lot that you, of growing up that has to be done, that you're not ready for that kind of responsibility. That's just facts. Um, anyway, I went on their Twitter page. I was struck uh, by how much the, the teenagers are, like, going after each other. Okay, so, like, if you go on Twitter, and the, you'll see people in fandoms arguing a lot, uh, pretty much every day. Uh, it doesn't matter what fandom you're in, somebody's going to be mad about something. And this would sometimes bleed over onto my timeline every now and then. Um, but I went onto this person's Twitter, and every single day, there is another, like, teenager that is like, oh, you're being ableist, oh, you're being racist, like, you're just, you're an awful person, why are you doing this? And they're just doing this to each other constantly. They're fighting each other constantly for no reason. And I don't know if it's because it's 2020 and, like, we're all already, like, on the ledge all the time, you know what I mean? But these kids are, like, being 15 is hard enough as it is, like, when you are going to school and you get bullied for liking the things you do but the fact that that has even carried over on the social media into fandoms it's just mind-boggling to me like it's no wonder that kids are having such a hard time all the time because if you say or do anything you're immediately shut down for it I can't even begin to like try and get involved in fandom discourse because these kids are just tr are hunting people down is what it seems like do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's just so frustrating to watch it go down on your, like, on your timeline. A big thing that happens, especially on Twitter, I don't see this as much on, like, Instagram or Tumblr or wherever else K-pop fans congregate online these days, is, like, all the, quote, big accounts are supposed to be the ones setting examples for the little accounts and, like making many celebrities within the fandoms who all pay attention to these idols. And it's, it's one of these things, it's like, do y'all not have any other, anything better to do? Well, that's the thing too, is that if you idolize people, because that's what's happening here, people are idolizing this big account. It's like, oh, they have so many followers. They have so much like say on what goes on that, especially for people that are younger, that goes to their head real fast. And when they're not able to sort of separate, like, this is not that big of a deal and people adore me, it sort of turns people into this, like, 
really, really nasty kind of person. And that's not good when we have young kids that are getting involved in this because, you know, when you're young, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to say things you shouldn't. We all, I'm sure, look back at being 15 and like cringe at the way that we were. So, and like, they also, younger kids don't want to hear that from you <laughs> when you're older. They don't want to hear about all of this. So that only makes them double down and be kind of more messed up. Idolizing people for having followers is uh, very shallow um, and it's very hollow. And I know that a lot of people, you know, might get some sort of gratification um, from, you know, having so much pull, but like at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter in the long run. It's not going to change your life. There are so many kids these days that are like, I'm going to be a social media influencer. And it's like, you're probably not. So you might as well let that one go and like put your energy toward something more practical. What do you think, Jay? Thinking more about it, like going, continuing on that. It's just like, people have to remember that not like, yeah, there are big accounts out there, but I I don't want to say 100%, you know, but there are people out there, like you think that they, these people are big accounts, but like there's like say for example there's somebody with 11 to 12k followers but when you look at all of their tweets do they get that much pull when interacting with people no it's like half of those people who are out there that are quote unquote big accounts and i'm not saying this is for everybody but there are some accounts out there that you know some of those followings that they have isn't actually real numbers and they like you would think that oh my god there's this big account following me but maybe like what 50 to 75% of their following actually doesn't interact with them and they don't even know you know there are certain like of course there's there's certain accounts like some that we follow like for example our our favorite 80s member hongju but you know there's sites out there's pages out there that are just oh they're reposting just pictures or gifs you know and that's different Whereas, like, you know, the, there's these people who virtue signal off these big accounts and everything like that. And it's just like, it's not everything. And then what these teenagers have to realize is that this is something else I want to talk about, um, things I knew beforehand, but your words do carry weight. Like, yes. just because just because you're hiding behind a screen and another default picture that is not your own doesn't mean that your words don't matter and even if you delete it once it's there in the internet it's there it you never goes know. away it, it goes into yes. an archive in the library of congress fun fact if you didn't know that people your tweets go into an archive in a united states government facility so yeah keep that in mind yeah it's just like you have to realize like all of this and like you people should be afraid like you openly like figuring out there are ways to figure out somebody's IP address and figure out who you are. And, you know, those legal papers can be knocking on your front door. So it's just like, watch yourself. And I get it. You know, these, I like, as a kid, we were all kids. We hate being told you can't do that. We hated being told like, you can't do this. You can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, the consequence will happen sooner than later. I mean, you see it all the time with people like that are visible on the internet now. They're getting canceled for shit they said 10 years ago in a different, like in a different environment where things were, were different. Um, and they're losing revenue. They're losing their mainstream of income. I mean, I, I know that 
younger people are not really able to see that far in advance. So the reason that people tell you to slow down is not because like you can't do it, but because we know that you shouldn't do it and that it's going to have effects longer than you think that it does. My thing is that these, a big thing, I know you guys don't interact in the fandom space as much as I do, but the latest thing that's been going on is that it's these accounts that are, that are minors that are like causing the most havoc on the platform. Um, and when they get called out for their things, for example, I'm gonna bring this up because KQ is actually one of the few companies that are doing something about it now. These young children um, are picking up on these rumors. Um, for example, recently Eden, throughout Twitter, there was a fake like article circulating around that he was being charged with embezzlement uh, for embezzling money out of KQ. And then like people were dragging him left and right saying that what he did with Hong Jun's training was like was like harmful and abusive and he shouldn't have been a teacher for him anyway like countless things and then the situation with Hong Jun and his hair um and these children the younger these young fans are the ones dragging them uh i think it was Two days ago, KQ came out with a statement saying that they will come down harshly on not only organizations, but also fan organizations, news sites, but also fans who are causing this detri- uh, who are like spreading these malicious comments. Let's not forget that uh, KQ is following in the steps of other companies. Like recently, a big hit sued a 13-year-old for malicious comments. So. Fans need to understand there's consequences behind those actions that they're choosing online. And you don't want to have to explain to your parents the things that you're saying online and the reason why you have legal papers at your door. Just saying. But I I think there's something that some people don't understand is that when you circulate these rumors that are not true, they're rumors. So saying like Hong Jun was abused or whatever, it delegitimizes actual serious cases of things. So if you throw around words like abused, mistreated, blah, 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 and people see that and it turns out to be fake, the next time something serious comes up that is true, nobody is going to believe it because it's like the boy who cried wolf, right? So if you keep perpetuating things that aren't true, no one's going to believe the stuff that is true. And that is bad because we really need to take care of the things that are actual problems and take those seriously. But we can't do that if all people see on social media is like lies and exaggerations about what's going on. It's just like, it's counterproductive. And I get, I get so frustrated um, going on social media and stuff and seeing how reactive people are to things that have no evidence behind them, basically. Yes, my whole thing with the whole Eden and Hong Jun thing that just made me cackle a little bit is that people who are making these comments calling Eden like abusive towards Hong Jun as his mentor have never had a mentor before. Like mentors are going to push your freaking buttons and especially in what I've learned living in Korea is that the teaching styles they do here and like mentorship and things like that, if you're not like used to that already you're gonna feel like you're being abused or shoved around it's just the cultural difference on like trying to show growth improve yourself so it's just one of those things I'm like don't speak on things you're not familiar with 
that too. It's that people bring, because a lot of international fans, you know, when you live in the United States, everything is very United States centric. Um, everything that you know, uh, the you grow up in that culture essentially. So when you see something that is completely different from how you've been raised, um, if you're not, you know, reflective enough about it, then you're going to assume that something terrible is happening, right? So if you don't understand the way that things are in Korea or don't take that into account, you may be screaming abuse, but you don't actually know what you're talking about. And then like people are are not aware like micromanaging is a thing for idols. Like they're going to nitpick a lot of it. But um one thing I wanted to say on earlier um about the whole social media thing and then what you're putting out there also is that um or the rumors sorry um like you know once these rumors go out there right and rumors are rumors they're not they're they're not like based on any true thing we don't know whether what's the truth or not right and let's say you know these are circulating a company comes out with a statement and you know everything like this you like what fans fail to realize is that by having all of these happen, you are also going to scare off your idols off their platforms that they yes. don't even do anything anymore. Like, for example, there's things that have happened. And do you see like his birthday is coming up and happy early birthday, Jungkook. But do you see him posting anymore? No, you don't because fans have scared him off the platform and i mean there's been on record other idols as well being like people are scary the internet is scary and like what happened with uh i can never pronounce his name but super junior member real right yeah like what happened with him recently and it's just like again it goes back to the whole thing of your words carry weight and whatever you do on the internet there are eyes always watching it's just not in america it's everywhere it's everywhere so it's just like be careful with what you put out there and that just goes in a general not even towards k-pop it's everything you do on the internet you know honestly this day and age like you could go for a job interview and they'll pull up a tweet that you sent to some celebrity to kill themselves and be like now we're not gonna hire you that's like where we are oh yes there are jobs out there that will comb through every single little thing you have. And so it's just like, yeah, what you did when, like, let's say these teenagers, what you did when you're 14, 15 years old will come and bite you back in the butt once you're some 20 year old applying for these jobs after you've, um, you know, whether you finish, you know, higher education or not, they're going to look through everything. You want a really good position at a company? I'd be careful if I were you because things will will reflect on you later on in the future. Yeah, and just because you hide behind a Stan account doesn't mean they can't find you because exactly. IP, uh, or IP tracking is a thing. So, like, yeah. they'll find it. <laughs> so, things we wish we knew, fans will exhaust the crap out of us. Roxy, what was one of the things from the article that, like, stuck with you? So, um, the one thing besides the whole thing about social media because it is extremely exhausting. I can't take it most of the time. The first point about not everyone understanding that there's no like cultural barrier between it because um, when I first got into K-pop, I sort of noticed like the casual 
racist comments around me about it. You know what I mean? You know, people being like, oh, they all look the same or, oh, the boys are so gay. Look at them because they have makeup on that kind of thing. Um, that was very frustrating for me at first. Oh, I agree. I agree because um, I think we, oh, wait, Amber, I don't know if you have anything at your office that is like at your desk that is K-pop related, but I, I believe Roxy, you do. And I yep, know I, I do. do. I have BTS, like, um, I just have one thing of BTS on my, um, my desk, and they're like, who are these pretty girls? Now it's like, you know, they just don't get it. They don't understand. And it's one of those things, it's like, don't fight it, you know? It, like, be like, you know, I obviously know they're guys, but, like, from, like, like, if I take myself away from being a non-K-pop, being a K-pop fan, I'm just thinking, it's like, yeah, I can, I can definitely see, like, they're pretty. I think we all can agree that anybody in K-pop, whether you're male or female, are very pretty, you know? Yes. It's the, the hyper-masculinity of the Western world that sort of dismisses that, and uh, I actually had an incident the other day that drove me crazy. I mean, I've been in this for five years now, um, but I was on a uh, Zoom meeting for work, and uh, my boss's boss was on the call, and in the middle of talking, he just stopped and he was like, Roxy, is that Justin Bieber on your wall? Because, you know, I have like, I have my camera open and on my wall, it was a, like a slogan of Suga. He's like, that looks like Justin Bieber. Is that Justin Bieber? I was like, no, my dude, it's not. And like, he wouldn't let it go. And this was in a meeting with like 30 other people. And like, it, it was like the worst thing ever. But like, that's just an example of, you know, how some people are. It's just like, it's comments that are ignorant and like you just can't let it get to you because they're never going to stop. Like there's always going to be somebody that's making something, some annoying, unnecessary comment about it. I agree. I can't really, I don't really have that experience um, with those comments anymore in, in Korea because they're used to just seeing, they just assume it's random idol number five these days because there's so many idols it's hard to keep track of them all. But when I was in college, I would do the, I would keep the photo card in the back of my phone. And most of the time it was judgmental Kyungsoo because I needed him to judge me when I went to take my debit card out of my phone case. And they were like, who's that guy? Like, why do you carry him around? Is that your boyfriend? And like constantly get comments and things like that. And looking at like how people are accepting K-pop now even more, it, I'm kind of salty about it. Like, I don't know if you guys are seeing, like, the sudden awakening all these people are having, are having about BTS after listening to Dynamite in English. And all of us are like, TikTok, you're late to the damn party. Yeah. And then also, I just want to put it out there. Like, some people, like, who make comments, like, what me and Roxy and Amber were saying, it's like, it doesn't come from an ill place they just don't understand it you know and like uh at least i what i appreciate is that you know after those comments were made i you know i was just like you know i told them you know it's like this this is yes they are very pretty and then it's just like but after that like it's just like i like what i like we all like what we like and if it becomes a problem where you're constantly like dogging me for it then i'll probably say something but i'm at least a very appreciated that appreciative excuse me cannot english today i am half asleep recording this podcast 
I appreciate they're like, oh, cool. Or it's like, or they'll be like, hey, did you see that? Like, I, I noticed that BTS came out with this and this and this. We watched it. We thought of you. Blah, 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 blah. And I, I appreciate at least they don't make fun of me for it. They're like, well, Jay likes BTS. This is what we're going to be seeing at work. We're going to be seeing the fangirl. And it's not like I'm always talking about them because no, work is work. I But I bring little things that are within the fandom that it's just like, okay, they get, at least they're understanding and accepting that this is what I like and they're not going to push further. Can't say that for everybody else who've, who's had a bad experience, but there are some people out there who just, they don't get it, but it's not coming from an ill intent place either. Yeah, it's a, it's just a lack of understanding of, of something that's different, really. Um, especially as you grow up, like obviously when you're in school, there are going to be people that are just mean about it because like, kids are awful and they just try to like they lord of the flies this shit you know they're trying to like murder each other all the time so they're always going to be mean you just can't get out of that but once you get out of the realm of like school people like don't care about what you like or what you don't usually they just sort of like they might make comments because they don't understand it but like you at the end of the day you have to do what makes you happy regardless of judgment from anybody else because like it's hard enough to live the way that we do right now there's no reason to like have to tamp down something that you're passionate about because somebody is like making a comment about it i do want to add though because everyone's experiences may be different i know you and uh jay are from like coastal cities and that like things are different as someone from the the middle of america it's not always that same way when we do things. Yeah, I can see what you mean about that. I'm gonna give an example. We, we've we hosted K-pop events before in Iowa and like people would come by and like make awful comments about the things that we put up, make very um, awful racial slurs and like deface like posters and things that we put up. It's not always the same, but also we gotta remember that we may, we, we also are kind of speaking from a place of privilege um, when it comes to being a fan because there are some fans um, that are in a like environment that their own identity is attacked for liking k-pop saying that they're not enough of this or not enough of that Um, and so it's not always that they don't understand it's that there's there is a there could be malicious intent behind everything I get, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, because, I mean, I live in the nation's capital, so here there's all kinds of people, all different, you know, races and thought process, just because, you know, people from different countries come to live here as diplomats and stuff, so there's a very high exposure to different cultures, and that's not necessarily true in, you know, other parts of the country, even. Dave, which part of the article kind of stuck out to you? The money! <laughs> How much K-pop will drain my wallet? <laughs> because I think we all can agree we all have an extensive collection. I stare at my collection and I'm like, yeah, I've dropped a couple of 2, 3K on K-pop within the last uh, 10 years of collecting. And I'm like, man, I wish I knew how much things would like be expensive. Yes, Asia was like one of the very first um websites that was my favorite one before amazon had anything (laughs) yeah and i mean shipping was insane i mean it's still insane now if you think about it but 
now there has been more of a surge in, or at least now we're more aware that there are local shops that you can buy buy from or at least these local shops have also websites where you can order or pre-order from them and i remember the very first time i went to kcon it was kcon 2016 it was in la and there were two shops that are very well known in la for having k-pop merchandise i think i dropped at least 300 dollars in one day collecting albums I think I came home with at least 10 albums. And this was because back then when I was a, I don't even know how I managed $300 worth of um, merch. I think I was saving an allowance at back then. I was a broke college student, only like saving up whatever I could to buy these albums. And, you know, at the time also, it's just like, we're young. Do I really trust putting my address out there? for shipping. You never know. You know, you don't know where these things are being archived at first. You don't know where this website is. Looking back at it, I'm like, I really wish I got a heads up and be like, hey, get ready to drop all your money for your favorites because it's not only just the albums. Now there's fan, like official fan merchandise that are out there. And you're like, I gotta have that too. Now these K-pop groups are coming out with multiple versions of these albums and I'm, or limited edition. And I'm like, good God, my wallet has suffered within the last 10 years of just being a K-pop fan, but no regrets in terms of buying what I bought. I remember when BTS announced that Wings was going to have four, four different versions. And I was like, God, because I was... I still collect um, every single BTS album. <laughs> so I was like, why would they do this to me? Because everything before that was either one one version or two versions. I was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And now that's the only thing that they do. And like the first like K-pop album I bought was EXO's uh, Exodus. And that one had a version for each member. <laughs> so like five years ago, they started playing with it. And I guess it worked out well for them because that's all they do now. When I moved to Korea, my wallet had like a sigh of relief because I'm sorry, international fans get ripped off because of the cost to like import the albums and how a lot of companies have realized how lucrative K-pop merch and things can be. But y'all get ripped off for things. Albums that I would pay like... $40, $50 for in the States, I can get here for like $15. And I'm just like, things I wish I would have known that don't order from like local places. Girl, I know. I just bought ATs. It's two albums from like a local store here. And each of them was like 30 bucks. Facts. I bought a Stray Kids album and an Itzy album. And I'm like, I easily just spent 60 bucks. And that's with tax. Can we talk about how they overcharge for fa- uh, fan lights there? Like, uh, light sticks? What makes me so frustrated is the cost of light sticks in America. The average cost of a light stick in Korea is around $30. And what I've seen light sticks go for $80, $90, stateside. Roxy, how much is it uh, in your local stores? I don't usually buy from the local stores, but I'm trying to think. I was just at one and they had Monster X's light stick, I think. I would say it was probably 40 or 50. It may have been more. Okay, so I can 
I can say at least in LA, it's cheaper compared to um, my local store because there is the 80s light stick, 80 bucks without tax. That's without what? tax. And that I'm just like, wild. I I'm like, uh, I like, I want to support local businesses because yes, we're all about that in this house. But at the same time, it's like, um, $80 is a steep price for a light stick when you can buy That's it cheaper online. That's the cost of two of them. That's the cost of two. Like I could have bought two Lightini at that cost. The heck? I usually buy from, uh, I bought my Lightini from uh, my music taste. And I've bought albums from them before, too. Where they get you is the shipping, because it was, like, I entered an SF9, like, global the fan sign event or whatever that they're doing virtually. And I was like, okay, I'll try it out. I'll get one. It was, like, album, $15. Shipping, 45 I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I think I spent, uh, I did the Eric Nam one. My albums still have not come in yet, but... I spent maybe $60 in total for five albums. Came out to $100 because of shipping. Awful. I am not looking forward to going back to paying those prices. I think there is one point on this article that I feel like all of us can kind of resonate with is that the fact that it's completely normal for you to fall in and out of love with K-pop. Yeah, I mean, I have phases. Um, I know, despite us, you know, running this magazine, we kind of have to be, have a pulse on what's going on all the time. But for example, me with BTS, right? So there are times where I kind of go in and out um, with, you know, how dedicated I feel toward them. I mean, I have a tattoo, a BTS tattoo from the era that, you know, I feel like kind of helped save my life. So there's always going to be some sort of investment, but sometimes I fall out of it. Like, personally um dynamite like i get why people like it so much it's just like not my favorite thing so i've sort of been kind of like withdrawn from what's going on i really like when they do darker concepts so like when they did fake love uh even black swan i was like right back into that life but you know it's if it's something that's a hobby to you it's very easy to sort of like change direction um and still you know still care about it still support it but it's not something that you have to put 100% of yourself into all the time. Oh, I definitely agree because I I, I don't think I've fallen in and out of love with K-pop as a whole, but definitely group-wise, there have been groups that I'm just like, man, eh, I don't feel you right now. This is just not my thing, like what Roxy was mentioning. Uh, for the longest time, I actually fell out of being a Monster X fan. It wasn't until their most recent album that I'm like, now I remember why I liked them so much. And then also it was hard to like really get back into it because my favorite member, you know, our eternal member had left, you know, at 1-0 left. And it was just like, I can't see you without them at first that was at first now it's like I understand you know things had to happen the way how it happened and I support both still OT7 forever but um like it was just hard for me to really like Monster X for a while just because also it kind of tell uh goes back to one of the points we talk about about the fans will exhaust you and also it's one of those things like 
if it's in your face for so long and like you it's constantly there it's just like i need space i need like actual physical space from this group right now i can't listen to what they're doing because it's just like i feel like i'm being bombarded left and right and like i feel like i'm just having the group shoved down my throat when it's just like let me get to it when i get to it so i can appreciate what they release and what they put out for what it is and not because oh my god you need to listen to this oh my god you did this i feel that way about bts right now because like i have been i don't know if i would still call myself an army but like i've been a bts fan for five years i was very active in you know the fandom space for a number of years but like these days they they are suffocating people are suffocating about them they're like oh bts paved the way oh my god look at bts they're the best Uh, i'm like can you like back off for a second and let me like let me enjoy what they're doing and stop like ruining the party by being too loud it's like when you go like when you go to a restaurant and it's like a really chill vibe and there's one person in the back screaming for no reason and like even people are like you need to calm down they're like no fuck you i'm that it's like that vibe that's what i get from it yeah i definitely agree like there's actually a time recently well not recently but within the last couple years that I found myself just, like, drifting away from K-pop as a whole. Like, I wasn't really interested in it anymore. Um, And it was, like, a combination of things of, like, being constantly bombarded with it, the chaos that is the fandom at times, um, and how, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but, like, how music was all starting to sound the same. I feel like the entire industry shares one brain cell at times, because when there's a sound K-pop gets on, they just beat it like a dead horse. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> and then I stumbled across one us's Valkyrie. And for some reason, it like bitch slapped me back into like early 2000s, early 2010s K-pop. And I'm just like, oh, this still exists? And Girl, like, girl that debut, re- <laughs> that debut was fire. That was one of the best debuts I've ever witnessed. So like, I feel you. It, like, it just rekindled it, and I still say that, like, One Us saved my relationship with K-pop, because I was getting real, real tired of K-pop in general, um, with just, like, everything around it. Like, it was expensive, it was time-consuming, it wasn't making me happy anymore, because you shouldn't continue a hobby, a hobby if it stresses you out to the point where, like, you're not happy about it anymore, so... I'm like, thank you, One Us. And One Us still consistently gives bops. I am so proud of them. But yeah, like that in and out of love is definitely going to happen. And like, I could see it happening again in the next couple of years or so as um, K-pop is starting to like bridge farther into the Western market. There is one thing that I I did that's not mentioned um, on your article, Amber, but... Um, I've been seeing it more of a trend. I don't know how to exactly phrase this properly, but um, stop coming for your faves' friends. Really. Most recently, I don't know the if you guys have been- creepy possessiveness of fans? Y- yes, like that. And I, I do understand, like, okay, there's this point that I think to an extent it is very much true. But again, we don't know our favorite's personal relationships and everything like this to an extent um you know your friends are a reflection of who you are right I think we can all agree that 
we keep friends who are very much, you know, similar to who we are. Lately, most recently, I don't know if you've been keeping up with uh, Day6's Jay, um, who I like to nickname my famous name twin. <laughs> um, like, he most recently, he's very active on his social media platform. Uh, he, I believe he started his Twitch channel not too long ago, and he's making friends with rather big streamers. Of course, like, now I've been seeing certain people are like, Jay, would you like to explain why your friends are saying this type of stuff? Blah, 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 blah. Most recently, I think it was yesterday, there is a streamer called named Valkyrie. And she's a big, I've seen her name. Like, if you are in the streaming community, you, you, she has a name to her. And, um, like, I've, like, I don't personally watch her, but I know who she is. It's one of those things. Like, you know who she is. Some fans had come, uh, come after her. And it's even to the point where Jay was like, I am so sorry you had to deal with this. I'm going to DM you. Like, I guess previously, Jay tweeted something up, something along the lines of, oh, Valkyrie made me do it. And it's a joke. It's clearly a joke. Like, obviously, he wasn't forced into doing something. Like, he wouldn't really put it out there if he was super forced into, like, making a Twitch channel or doing something like that. He wouldn't, like, he also had some say into, like, especially when it's his Twitch channel. Like, that's his choice. And the wording was meant as a joke, but people came after her like, oh my God, why did you pressure Jay into doing this? Blah, 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 blah. Um, something along the lines, like that's what I was getting when I was reading through it. And I'm just like, and she replied like, it was a joke. And so the fact that even Jay had to be like, you know, I'm so sorry, you know, it's just like, I think I wish I knew that like, you know, these people are going to have relationships with people and some some of them are going to be public figures also. But remember, like, who, we don't know their relationship on a personal, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. And so I'm just like, please stop, like, trying to come after their friends. And, you know, even we all have to remember is like, yeah, we're friends with people and there are going to be things that we don't approve of or we don't like that our friends do, but like, and we, we probably brought it up or we've said it like it, a true friend would be like, Hey, I don't like how you're doing like this, but at the end of the day, you know, you're still my friend. I'm not going to exactly drop you just because of this. It, does that make sense? they're still going to be friends regardless, but you can dislike or not approve of something what your friend does. And at the end of the day, hey, you do you. I get what you're saying. Like, I get it. Yeah, I think the main point there is that even with public figures, their entire life is not public. So you need to let them have the space for their private life because every person deserves to have something that they keep from other people. You know what I mean? You, It's a, a safe place that you don't need to know about. You don't need to know everything about Jay's personal life. You just don't. Um, and, you know, you have no right to judge who he's friends with or what he does, you know, when he's not sharing it with you. 
2020, let's normalize the fact idols are human and being an idol is their job. So when their job is done for the day, they're just any other random Korean person on the street. And that's just facts. And people really need to, <laughs> people really need to understand that. And I mean, like, it's not that deep, right? People get mad about shit all the time and go off and it's almost always something that did not need to be taken to such an intense level. It's like, just, if you see something, if you see something you don't like, just like, be like, I don't like that. And then go on with your life because it's much better to do it that way. And that's basically what life is. You're always going to find something that you hate, but like, you shouldn't fight about it. I wanted to add, like, on to Jay's little thing, um, is that I think idols are getting way too good at their job these days, and that's why fans are wild in like this. We all tend to forget that idols are taught to make us fall in love with them, and, like, want, they're taught to make us want to throw cash at them hand over fist and want them to be, like, our fake, like, our dream boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever. They're taught how to do that they're taught to be desirable yeah they're talented they have that little they have their talent but everything else is not real guys everyone i'm gonna put this out there and people are gonna be like rah, 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 rah. but idols who are like everyone's like oh they're the like they're very true and authentic with themselves so i'm like that that's what they tell us because that's what they want us to think i'm gonna bring up stray kids um ben ten he's known as like like one of the most clear authentic idols and he like that he's super transparent with his fans but that's what he wants us to think and that's why he acts the way he does because he wants us to think that he's that transparent with us and if he, we will never know if what we see is 100 percent that human behind the camera so that's also true because like you know you see these bullying controversies come out it's very much, it really sort of just showcases, like, how much you don't know about a person, or if you ever hear stories, like, word-of-mouth stories about idols behind the scenes, like, it's not necessarily something that they would want to be public, because when people are celebrities, depending on their personality type, sometimes they're going to be rude, like, they're just going to take that, that fame and have it blow up their ego, and it's going to be bad, um, it, it just happens, that's not to say, though, that some of the authenticity that comes out is not real. Um, it's definitely possible for some of these idols to be honest and be serious about what they mean. You know, like, while it is probably likely that Bang Chen cultivates that, that persona as well, um, there is probably an element of truth to it also, though. Right. There, like, somewhere in that persona is the truth to it, but fans have to realize that being an idol is their job and they're gonna do what they can to make sure they do their job well and like what amber mentioned it's just like this is their job at the end of the night when they're done with their job they're gonna do their things at home and they're gonna do like their hobbies and who are we to control what they do outside of their jobs as being idols you know now it's getting to the point where like every single little thing yes it comes with the territory of being a celebrity and an idol that you're going to be watched but at the same time it's just like yes they are human let them do what they're doing because god they need some release too like 
we wouldn't be here if we're like, you know, from our regular day jobs, we we're stressed out. We have a lot on our plate on our regular day jobs. And this doing this podcast, being a fan of K-pop, doing the magazine, this is where we find our release. So give these idols their form of freedom in some sort of way because they've already deal with so much. As a newer fan, if you're out there, remember like normalize that they are human and they have other things and we can go on and on and on about it. I think this is a good way to transition into the the, the story time for this episode is that where where do we feel we are in like our journey as K-pop fans? We last episode that we recorded with Ashley, um, we talked about like the state of K-pop, but how like how are we feeling as fans? Because I for one, I'm really tired. <laughs> Yeah, um, the fandom space makes me very tired these days. Um, I feel like there's so much outside pressure to be a certain way of, like, being a fan, you know what I mean? So, like, there are these fan pages that are like, stream, buy, do all this, now, keep doing it, why are you not doing it? And it's like, can you just let me, like, can you let me live my life? Like, (laughs) I don't have time to put a freaking music video on loop to get streams counted so they get more popular like it's it makes me very jaded do you know what I mean oh yeah definitely all I gotta say is I'm tired (laughs) the phantom space makes me really tired these days and being a fan like I'm a broke I'm broke as a k-pop fan right now thanks multiple comebacks in a in few months (laughs) stray kids like it's getting to a point where I'm starting to withdraw from fandom spaces because I'm, I just want to be me and my idols and it to be fun and like just have good music to listen to. That's for sure. Um, to me, K-pop is kind of like a, it's a personal relationship between like me and the music, not necessarily the idols, but the music, right? If there's a release, I used to, you know, stay up until that came out or wake up super early in the morning as soon as it was out. Um, I don't do that anymore. I don't necessarily track every single performance that a group is doing. I sort of just let it be something, you know, that I do in my spare time, essentially. And I definitely, definitely withdraw from the fandom spaces specifically. So it's just, to me, it's just about the music, right? It's about what makes me feel a certain way and what makes me feel better and not the importance of the popularity, if that makes sense. Like, I get really, I'm really proud, you know, of, like, ATs doing so well, but I don't strive for that to be the main factor behind supporting them. Right. I, I, I feel the same way because, or it's a slightly different for my case, where I feel like, as a fan, I feel like I'm coming into, like, now that I have the means to it like even then I mean I'm very selective about what I purchase and stuff like that but now that I have the means to and I have the access to like buying albums and merchandise I feel like I've well (laughs) to some people they might think it's an addiction but I've learned to like if I want an album if I want this merchandise I'm gonna get it you know this is what like if having that physical thing is gonna make me happy like that, you know, just because like, this is how I'm showing my support aside from being online, then I'm gonna do it within reason, obviously, because there's certain merchandise out there, like, 
and I can't justify paying that price, but you know, I, as a fan, I think I've grown more in terms of like, I can, uh, like, I can get it if I really wanted it, but as like a fan within the social media sphere and music, it's like, yes, I, now I'm withdrawing from, you know, like Roxy mentioned, streaming every day, watching every single performance, knowing what's this, this, and that, more as I'll get to it when I, when I can. And it's just like, I'm here for whatever you're releasing, whatever you're going to be doing, I'll support you and watch or listen to it when I can. I can't do the whole, make sure you stream, make you make sure you put it on loop. I can't do that anymore. I used to be that way, but I'm like, no, that I have other priorities. I have a day job that I got to worry about. I We have families that we have to take care of and, you know, other relationships that we have to manage. And it's just like, I, K-pop is not like, K-pop's a big thing in my life, but it's not center stage anymore, if you get what I mean. Definitely. Like, I think a lot of our spots as fans come with the territory where we're like, we're, we real adults now. We're like grownups with full-time jobs and other responsibilities that, we want to put our energy and time into then just something like I'm not going to say arbitrary because that's not really the right word for it but like at the end of the day it's all numbers and we like I mentioned earlier we as fans put enough effort into the fandom space to the point that we're doing the company's jobs for them and if we were to just back up and stop giving them the free labor things would be a lot different you know one thing I've seen too is like younger fans especially on Twitter that make comments all the time that's like if you're over 18 you shouldn't even be on fandom Twitter you're blah, blah, all that crap and it just like to me it just shows that these kids still don't understand what life will be like when they grow up you know what I mean because once you hit a certain age, you have to worry about bills, you have to worry about family, you have to worry about, you know, keeping all your relationships solid um, in a way that you don't necessarily have to when you're 15 or 16, because when you're that young, your world is basically school and everything happens when you're in school. But when you get, you know, when you start having adult responsibilities, there's like only so much you can do. Preach, Roxy like 100%. Can I just add being too old um us 20 something and 30 something and uh, above are the ones who are putting technically the monies into your favorites pockets cuz we can afford it. We know y'all saying. aren't. Y'all don't make any money. We make money. We have like the spare cash to buy stuff. So I don't want to hear it. Half the idols are that like yo your opas and your unis and all of those people your youngs or whatever they're our age. Unless you are a teenager who is working and you are saving your money and yes, you're using your money doing in that sense, then yes, you count too that you put money into our favorites wallets. But all of you who are sitting in the back, you know, calling out these people, you're too old to be a K-pop fan. So what are you contributing aside from pressing the like button and contributing to a view? Really? 
echo this again and again and again, fans stop doing the company's job for them. All of the hype that fans bring and all of the stuff that happens, like all of these campaigns that go around, you're doing the company's job for them. That's why they're not putting money into their idols because they know if they don't do their damn job, the fans are going to get pissed off and do it for them. Are we ready for the last? I think so. So this week for our underrated artist, uh, we are focusing on uh, Giselle. She is a solo artist uh, under Million Market. Uh, some of you may be familiar with Million Market. That's where uh, the label that houses Surin. Uh, and that is also a sub-label of SM Entertainment. So there's not a lot of info out about her, actually. Is she fairly new, Jay, if I remember correctly? She's fairly new. I think she's been out for a year, a year and a half, or coming close to two years. And actually, the reason how I found her or found out about her was shout out to our um, fellow K-pop podcast hosts out there. Um, During KPSN, there was a podcast segment that I per I took part in, you know, because you know, building those relationships. Hey, I dropped into Daybox Cities, which is a good friend of ours, Sarah, or AKA Young Ajima. She focuses a lot on Korean hip hop, R&B. That's her thing, and she introduced Giselle, and she played a bit of Giselle's track, which was the track with um, PH1, and I was like, oh, I like her voice. I like her voice. And because we did a soloist last week and I'm like, Hey, let's go listen to her for this week. So that's why I chose, like, I was just like, Hey, let's listen to her. She, like I said, she doesn't really have that much out, but what do you guys think of her as an artist and her, you know, what she has out as of right now? I actually, when I was researching like her music, I have apparently listened to her before and had no idea who she was. I'm a big fan of Chancellor and apparently they collabed on the song Missed Call and that's one of my favorite songs and I'm just like I like this she has she has a very unique tone to her voice and it blends it blends well with like jazzy R&B type sounds um and so that's why like her collaboration with Chancellor is genius because I've always thought of Chancellor as the Korean weekend with his voice tone and so with together on missed call that that track is just that's that the vibey sound you want to get out of like kr and b and hip-hop these days i noticed that um she has a really nice voice and i feel like for a lot of you know especially solo artists even in like the kr and b space it's kind of hard to get noticed um just because one it seems like a smaller market especially compared to k-pop but also there's like a few big names that sort of take up a lot of the uh, new space. You mentioned earlier, uh, Roxy, about Saran, and um, their voices are very similar. And I think I really like Saran and her her tone and how she sings. And so I think because they sound very similar, like I easily vibed well with Giselle. Mind you, we're all older than Giselle. She's like, she's barely hitting 20. And don't, I'm just like, don't start that with me right now. Can we not? I, <laughs> okay, okay, wait. This young, and she sounds like this, and she sounds amazing. And I'm just like, you know, there's still a lot of maturing that's going to happen with her. And I hope, you know, 
that in the future with her work, you know, like, I, I can't wait to see what she's going to bring then, if you get what I mean. No, definitely. Just seeing her with so much talent at, like, barely 20 years old makes me feel inadequate sometimes. Like, being K-pop fan and listening, like, Giselle being fucking amazing at what she does. And she's very underrated. Like, she, yes, she hasn't been out for that long, and she doesn't have too many things you know, under her name just yet, but she's really pretty. If you look up pictures of her, she's really, really pretty, and she has an amazing voice, and I'm just like, um, Rakshin mentioned, like, it's hard to come up on the R&B space, because like I said, there are distinct voices that you just know, like, especially when it comes to female vocalists, right? You know, we don't really see a lot of big R&B vocalists come up, like, big names that we think of are Hayes, Yunmire, Lehigh, but it's just like we need more ladies in the R&B space, especially soloists. And I mean, that's something coming from me because I'm currently the person that covers like the K hip hop, K R and B space, and like it's sometimes it gets hard to find you know new voices to cover. So you know, I might write about her this week or this month, I should say. So what's our verdict this week? I like her. Definitely looking forward to what she has to bring. Um, she did release something actually in 2020, so I'm I'm here for it. I'm not always into like the female R&B singers. It's just never been my thing. But like I said, that I had stumbled across her already for my love of Chancellor. So I think I'm gonna give her a like a more honest listen and see if she can make it into my heavy rotations. I think it's good to always get more. Uh, Korean R&B girls out there so I'm with y'all it's a good it's a good vote and like we say every week if the artist may not be our flavor or they might be they might be our flavor but it doesn't mean you shouldn't give them a try and uh, like judge it for yourself there's so many talented artists that are out just in up to now in 2020 we've had over um, 45 different K-pop groups debut. That's just groups, not just the artists. So there's always something out there for everyone. And that's why we do this segment every time uh, we record an episode, because we want to expose some of these groups and some of these artists to you guys so you are able to broaden your, uh, your musical repertoire. So final thoughts, final comments, y'all? It's okay to like fall in and out of love with K-pop. That's normal. It's natural. It's okay to just be a casual fan. It's okay to feel exhausted. Like, like we said with you, with all of us together, is that it's, we're exhausted. There's probably dozens more like us. So don't be afraid to speak up if you're having those issues within fandom spaces. There's always someone out there who could resonate with you. Definitely just be mindful about the situations that you come across when it comes to your idols. And like, hey, before you send out that tweet, before you send out that message, before whatever you are going to do to interact with your idol, please be mindful about what you put out there. Because on a regular space, it's like, would I be saying that in person if I were ever to meet my favorite like that? Is this something that I would really say to them? Or is it just something with the confines of between me and my friends in our group chat? Stuff like that. So just be mindful. And like Amber, it's okay to feel tired. And just newer K-pop fans, prepare your wallets. 
a good a good rule of thumb uh, for all of you is to listen to Dreamcatcher's new song Boca and follow that because they basically told you to shut your goddamn mouth if you're gonna say something mean because uh, people are dying uh, literally people are taking their lives because people are being mean on the internet so shut your damn mouth and throw that somewhere else. I would like to add add uh, Card's new song also touches on how words hurt. Definitely listen to their new release as well. I mean, I know we're in that realm of like, hey, like, listen to this, but also, hey, listen to Mont's new release. Just saying. Yes, listen to our boys. Basically, so to wrap up for me, basically, Stan Dreamcatcher, Stan Card, and uh, Super Stan Mont. Word. As we mentioned, you know, at the beginning of the episode, our mini zine is out for pre-order. Check it out on our website. Uh, join if you want. If you know any group order managers uh, in different countries outside of the United States, send them our way and we can coordinate with those. Uh, and of course, keep up with everything that we're doing on social media. Uh, we post every day. So this has been the Craze Cast, and we will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.